Good evening, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Men in Red 97 podcast. This is episode eight. You might be wondering, why is Alan doing the intro? Why isn't Matt doing it? Because Matt isn't here. So get over it. I'm joined, of course, by our other lovely co-host, that is DJ. Hello, Matt got mad at me, so that's why he's not here. Yes, he he was he he wasn't too happy with the question of the day. <laughs> so he's like they they ball him by their own, except we're not on our own cuz we're joined today by one of the creative editors and writers of Men in Red 97 and that is Mr. Jiggly. I I actually killed Matt. Was I supposed to tell you guys earlier? I, that would have been I mean, great to know, but Beside the point. Anyways. Wait, then, then who was answering the text messages earlier? Well, um, I mean, I, I, you, you kill a guy, you have his phone. Don't worry, I can bring him back later. That's great. That's all great. The shoe. You, know, you know, he's kind of the kind of the boss man on this. So uh. he's just gonna listen to this and be like, it's five seconds in and they've already messed it up. This is what happens when you bring me onto a podcast. I am the, I think I've, I, I called myself the Peter Wilt of Chicago Fire podcasts. <laughs> I'm just sort of everywhere. It's incredible. Uh. Well, with our powers combined, we will make this truly an interesting episode. And like with other previous guests, Jiggly, why don't you tell uh, our Fire Faithful and Lovelies um, a bit about yourself, what you do for Men in Red 97, and how did you, you know, get into the mix that is Chicago Fire? I'm going to answer that question first because uh, I, I keep hearing you ask the, that question and I keep thinking like, how am I going to answer that? Because I was born and I was here. Uh, I was like, the legend goes that uh, when my mom was pregnant with me, I would follow along to the game somehow. Like mm. she was being pulled around. So yeah, I've been here since uh, apparently before I was born. And uh, I am Jiggly. Uh, you, you may know me from uh, being the anime person on Twitter. And uh, I also do Sad Boys. And for Men in Red... I am the I am the creative editor, not one of the. I am the creative editor. The creative. Uh, I, I'm the creative editor because I told Matt I should have an editing position, and he said, "Sure, give yourself a name." <laughs> now that's, I have something to put on a business card. <laughs> that's that's incredible. I feel like it's kind of like a Dwight Schrute assistant to the gen, assistant to the what is it, general manager or something like that. I don't know. I've never seen. Yeah, office, I mean, so. I was hired. I, I mean, I, I keep saying this story, but Matt brought me in basically saying, look, you don't need, you don't have any deadlines. You don't have to actually cover the team. I want you to write something stupid like once in a while to make sure that we have some fun stuff on the, on the site. And so far, I mean, I got two articles out and both of them are, well, one of them was very well received. The other one was only well received by those who read it. Not a lot of people actually read it. <laughs> yes. And we'll get on to, you know, what that one what that one article specifically is a bit later on. So, uh, one piece of news that came out fairly recently is, of course, having uh, surrounded with the Gold Cup and the games and uh, venues have been announced and Soldier Field will be hosting the opening game of the United States men's national team against Jamaica on June 24th. So, exciting to 
have a national game of, you know, not just a friendly, but like a fairly important game uh, at Soldier Field. So uh, are you two planning on seeing that? Well, DJ, I don't know. Are you still going to be in Florida by then, I'm guessing? Uh, Probably. Dang. So, Jiggler, are you? I'm, are you I'm not. I'm not somebody who likes going to international games. Like, I'm not. I'm not a U.S. fan. I mean, when I cheer, like, I, I honestly, I, I was more excited about like Poland and Japan in the World hmm. Cup than I was of the U.S. <laughs> I, I remember Poland. Uh, Poland, Japan. That was Russia 2018. That was the one game that Poland won, but we were already eliminated by then. Yeah, I remember that. I was very disappointed by that because it's like, yeah. I mean, I would want like Poland to win, but like they were already out, so I might as well uh, cheer for Japan. <laughs> I think Japan yeah. was also eliminated by then. Japan was literally eliminated because of no wait, no, 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 no. Uh, Senegal was eliminated over Japan because of yellow card. Oh offenses because they were tied on points, tied on wins, tied on goal differentials, and they had to go to yellow card offenses to who would be moving on. And that was Japan. That was when in the next round they had a 2-0 lead over uh, Belgium and they ended up losing 3-2, which I was like, oh my God, it's Japan. Japan, they're going to... And then no. So You know what? They, like that, that, that honestly... The, uh, this past year's World Cup was so much more exciting for Japan. That was that was so much more fun. That game Operation against Spain. Blue Lock. That that was like oh, I mean I have issues with that show, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, but like I remember sitting in my documentary class just like watching this game unfold and like trying to stay calm and not make it look like I was watching it. <laughs> oh yeah, um, I had. Since I go to DePaul, we're on the quarter system. We get basically the entire month of December off for winter break. So I was able to watch pretty much most of the games um, without, you know, having to deal with school. So, yeah, but, you know, going back from our little sidetrack. Um, if I go to this game, it's gonna I'm going to be cheering for Jamaica. I'm going to be hanging out with the Jamaica fans. <laughs> All right. I know <laughs> there was a few, there was a bit of discussion about um, you know who'd be going to that game, whether they'd be just there as fans or whether they'd be with the like the like the supporter group that's uh, American Outlaws. American Outlaws. Yeah. I remember when when it was uh, Uncle Sam's Army. Where did they go? I have no clue. I'm I'm not too familiar with uh, American Outlaws and like that whole culture, so I can't really talk much about that i mean i'm not going to be in the states when that game happens i'll be in italy so um i can also say that i probably won't be able to go there and apparently that game is also happening at the same time as the fires game at kansas city so yeah i don't think i'll be watching it then <laughs> i'm not yeah, going no. to a, i'm not going to an international game when the fire are playing yeah and i think that's what some people were saying as well i mean me being in italy i'm I'm probably not going to be watching it unless I think I've I've mentioned that I would try to like stay up maybe uh, like once or maybe even twice like staying up to watch. Of course, that depends if I'm going to you know pass out immediately or something like that. So, Alan, I've said yeah. back back when I thought that I was going to get a job in Japan to like teach English and everything, I said that like I don't care about what I have the next day. I'm going to stay up to whatever time I need to to watch the fire. <laughs> that's that's. Incredible view. I will say the last time I was in Italy, um, I did 
not watch any of the games because simply I was tired. <laughs> I was, you know, I was incredibly busy there. I wasn't in Italy and I won't be in Italy, you know, just for like, you know, vacations and stuff like that. I'm a part of a summer program. So I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff there in terms of singing and acting, opera stuff, all like that. But getting back to the topic that is the Chicago Fire. Um, Actually, I wouldn't have to stay up that long. Honestly, all games would start at like 9.30 a.m. Japan time the next day. <laughs> I guess, yeah. For for Italy, it's like 1 a.m. or something like that, or like 2.30 a.m. I don't know. I, I think 1.30. Since 7.30, that's 6. Yeah, so it'd be like 1.30. Yeah, so um, speaking of being able to watch the game, um, DJ, since you're someone that has to watch uh, you know, the games through TV... I heard there was a lot of issues with Apple TV recently um, in the last game week. W- were you experiencing any issues in terms of uh, watching the game? I did not get to watch the game live, so mm-hmm. no. Um, I will say the game that Apple TV, I think, what I found was a couple of weeks ago, I tried watching a game, and because I was logged in on separate devices, it wouldn't let me watch it. That's the only weird thing I've had happen. But that was the game against DC, so it probably wouldn't have mattered because that game was a bore fest. I've had a couple of problems, actually, because I tried re-watching this game, and mm-hmm. there was an outage. Uh, I could not hear. The, I, I, did, I watched the uh, replay of it, and for about 15, 10, 15 minutes, there was no English commentary. <laughs> the first 10, really? 15 minutes, there was no English commentary. Uh, you could switch over to the Spanish commentary. It was there. The English commentary wasn't. And uh, I've also had to deal with some other stuff this past weekend of like, you know, technically we we have like both Apple Apple TV and uh, and MLS Season Pass, which are, you know, two separate things. And it was all on the same account, but it wasn't recognizing it as the same account. And so we had to deal with that this weekend so I could finally watch Ted Lasso. <laughs> yeah, from what I was reading on the interwebs and the social media, a lot of people were having trouble watching on their TV and they had to settle it to watching it on their tablet or phone. A lot of people also having difficulties signing in. Or I think Arai said he had, you know, he doesn't have any Apple devices. And when he was having problems, he was trying to look it up. Uh, Apple would just be like, sign into your iPad or iPhone. And he's like, I don't have that. So yeah, there's been a few difficulties. And around the idea of, you know, Apple TV season pass, you know, the idea of, oh, you're able to watch all the games, no blackout, regardless. It's kind of difficult to watch all those games when there's uniform kickoff times, when the majority of the games are happening at the same time. Kind of ruins the point. Um, And because of that, I haven't honestly been able to watch other um, MLS games because, you know, if the fire playing at home, I'm probably at Soldier Field, and if they're playing away, I'm watching them. And I'm not really a fan of, like, split-screening games, because I think that's a possibility. They're able to, like, watch multiple games at the same time. And the only time I've ever done that was actually the last World Cup (laughs) when uh, Poland was playing against... I think they were playing against Saudi... No, no, that was the the Poland-Mexico game, I think it was. Or was it Poland and Argentina? No, it would have been Poland Argentina. It was Poland Argentina and Mexico Saudi Arabia. So and you know, the of course Poland went on to lose. So I was like, okay, the result of Mexico Saudi Arabia 
mattered. So then I had the game split screen. But, you know, I'm not really going to do the same thing for the MLS regular season. Um, Do you guys have anything to add on to that? I will say I don't mind the uniform kickoff times because it gives a sense of at least we know when the games are. We know what's going on. But at the same time, yeah, it does kind of make it very difficult to watch the games unless you have time later on to actually physically rewatch them, which then you run into problems that Jiggly had. Yeah, I was going to say I'm, I'm very glad you, you guys have come around to the idea that this is really dumb. Because I remember listening to like one of the first episodes and you guys talking about how how excited you are about like no blackouts. It's like, yeah, no blackouts. But also we're dealing with all the other stuff that comes with it, which is the uniform kickoff times. I like I'm lost this incredibly fun to watch because it's so stupid, but you're not able to watch it if you care about a team. Uh, MLS seems to only want like casual fans, essentially. Yeah. They don't want you to have a team. They want you to watch the league. They want you to watch MLS 360, and that's the only way you're getting it. And there's other issues. I haven't even watched MLS 360 since the first week because I've been watching the fire. I can't yeah, watch I. MLS 360. Uh, and then, like, you know, they, they wanted to make it... If they wanted to make Red Zone, they should have made Red Zone because they didn't make Red Zone. They made something completely different. And the only reason why Red Zone works so well with the NFL is that, like, there's so much empty space in those games yeah. that you can move around. You can move around between play, between play, you know, have like triple box or whatever, and then focus in on one because that one actually is moving. Like you can do that. And uh, the Golasso show on CBS actually found a way to do that in soccer. And instead, you know, MLS 360 has not been that. And the idea of every single game kicking off at the same exact time it's just not compatible. I mean, the, the entire Apple TV deal is not looking good. Exactly what a lot of Fire fans have said after our experiences with ESPN+. Yeah, and speaking of NFL, I feel like if MLS season, uh, the season pass worked similar or not season pass, but in terms of scheduling of the games, if it was similar to the NFL where we would have... Um, you know, some of the games kicking off at the same time, another part of games kicking off at the same time, and then maybe having some like quote unquote prime time games. You they know, they do maybe that. Having... They actually do that, but it's only by an hour. The NFL yeah, but... it has it split by like you know four or five hours, so an entire slate of games can be done and we move on to the next slate. Well, yeah, that's... MLS tries to do that, but they only separate it by an hour. Yeah, well, that's the you know that's what I was trying to say. You know, have that separation so that you're able to watch one game and then you can have you know your post game your pregame you know your MLS 360 in between then then move on to the next game and then you know maybe have like a prime time game like a Monday night or or you know Sunday night or something like that like give fans opportunities to watch more games throughout the match week than just your team Remember, it's match day now. Match day. Oh. Because because the league says that it's a day. Just like how mm. St. Louis City wants you to spell it with all caps. You are not MF Doom. <laughs> <laughs> you do not have that respect. <laughs> nah. All right. DJ, have anything else to add to this before we move on? Not really, no. All right. So, 
Um, moving on to the next topic, I'm pretty sure we've discussed this in the last episode, but this week uh, we have someone that has written a fairly good amount about this game, and that is our our upcoming U.S. Open Cup derby against Chicago House. And Jiggly, you wrote a fairly fairly long article about the game that led up to it, which is forward Madison against Chicago House. Um, do you want to tell the lovelies about the experience that was that game? You know, it, it, I think the big thing about it was like, I, it, it, it's all in the title, which was, you know, I'm just cheering for goals tonight. I went to that game thinking, well, you know, I told Alex, the our editor-in-chief, Alex Galbraisi, I told him that, like, if the house make it to the next round and they're playing against Ford Madison, I'm going to go to that game. And I did, and I wanted to write about it. And the big thing from that game wasn't, you know, what happened on the pitch, which is obviously, like, amazing. Like, what? That was a... Uh, they were leading into like the 70th minute or something. And then suddenly the house just came back. It was great. But the big thing to me was just how like amicable it all was, you know, compared to last season where the fire played against uh, Union Omaha and then like the Omaha players started trying to rile up sector for some reason, for no reason, honestly. And it, it was just interesting seeing the reaction from the uh, from the Ford Madison fans to the house fans. It's just like, yeah, we can't believe you guys have just done this either. That's that's cool. Good for you. And I also want to add that that stadium, Bruce Stevens, it's not a stadium. Like it, it's it, it is what it is. It's a ballpark, but it looks like you know one of those old like the, one of those really old lower division t- uh, like grounds that you'd see and like the if you play football manager like i don't know chester although we kind of know wh- where chester actually plays but like you know it sounds like it looks like a place where like farsley celtic united would play <laughs> like it doesn't seem like it belongs in america especially in the midwest but it was built in like 1926 there's so much history behind it it's honestly incredible and it's a fun place to be at and i got to hang out with peter wilt too which is always a good time yeah, I'm seeing some pictures. Um, like you mentioned, the field. It, it, the field does look like a bit like um, lower division English t- like team, like like League Two or even lower than that. And it, yeah. it, it looks very interesting. And of course, yeah, here's here's Peter Wills as well. That's very lovely <laughs> smile. Love that. And then the cow that they have. Yeah. What what, Which, what is the I, cow's I, name again? The cow's name is Lanella Bessie, and there's another cow, her daughter. <laughs> whose name is Rose Cowbell. And uh, the fun story behind it is that like Rose refused to get on the trailer to get to, this, to, get to the game. And wow. they're like, well, we're not going to force her to get on. But uh, my joke is that she knew. She knew what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's incredible. That really is. So, you know, you see, you've seen the game. You've seen how the house have played. Uh, what what are your your thoughts in terms of preview and like report ahead of the Chicago crosstown rivalry slash derby that's that's coming up next Wednesday? Well, I mean, I've seen I, I've followed the house since they started, like since well mm-hmm. before they started, uh, back when they were originally supposed to be in the NESL. Uh, and uh, my friend Adnan that I do sad boys with, 
Uh, he is pretty much the only guy who has covered the house for this long since the beginning as like an actual journalist instead of just like, you know, there were some, you know, I think there were a couple of like people that were covering them for like the first season, then they just left. Uh, Adnan's mm-hmm. the only person who's like stuck with them the entire way through. I'd honestly trust his opinion a whole lot more about the house. Uh, what I will say is that have the clutch gene. I think that's the be- biggest thing I'm going to say because of the ending to the game against Bavarians. I remember watching that game and just saying the house looked terrible, but they won. Like they they somehow found their way to get a goal. Uh, I think it was sometime like early in the second half, maybe. Uh, I don't remember it very well, but I do remember that at the end, the goalkeeper made a horrible mistake dragging down a Bavarian's player in the box and was not called for it. He, they did not call a penalty, even though they should have. And then like a bit later, like basically the last kick of the last kick of the match, uh, he makes an amazing save. They have the clutch gene of just like, they need to get done what needs to get done, when it needs to get done. They came back from 2-0 down against Madison and they won somehow. So we should be looking at like, there is no, there's no point where it's going to be over for the house. That's very good, very good way of looking at it. And like, yeah, I was able to watch, I think, majority of the game against um, Bavarian as well as majority of the forward Madison game. That's a team that even though they were, you know, in terms of quality, a bit outmatched, they just pressed to the end. And then, yeah, you know, they were a bit lucky with that call. Um, but yeah, they, they had, they had the touch. They had the power, and they clutched it. And I guess, and we Matt mentioned it in the previous episode. I know I backed him up on this that you know we're probably gonna see a decent amount of bench players. We might see some like fire two players uh, being on the pitch. You know, for that me, that might be an even matchup. And that's <laughs> that might be I an mean, even matchup. And that's gonna be that that'd be scary for any fire fan. That that's an even matchup to me. That. Yeah, and like I said, and it's like, you know, people are having, and Matt mentioned about people having opinions on like, what's more important, you know, us doing well in the cup or us, you know, more focusing on the league. And for me, it's a win is a win. And even if if it's against a semi-pro team that is like the house, you know, a win is a win. You want to know why it's actually important to the fire? Because uh, the Fire are currently tied for the most... Uh, well, we're tied uh, among you know active teams for the most mm-hmm. titles in the U.S. Open Cup. We have four. We are tied with the Sounders and Sporting Kansas City. Yep. And we're behind Bethlehem Steel and Maccabee Los Angeles. Neither of those teams are coming back. Seattle nope. Sounders and Sporting Kansas City can both get ahead. The Fire are supposed to be the kings of the cup, and we have faltered in that for so many years now that you know what? We know that we are... Look, this is not an MLS Cup winning team. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're, we got to be honest with ourselves and say that. And look, if we can get silverware, this is how you get silverware. I don't know if this is the type of silverware that's going to like get people out to fill up Soldier Field for the final, but I do know it's silverware, it's winning, and it's something. It shows that something about this project is going to work. Yeah, and you, you, and in terms of getting back that confidence and you know, kind of getting people back in 
into the fire fandom and soldier field, you have to start winning something. You have to just, you know, put something in the cabinet, you know, put out a headline that we won something and you have to start somewhere. So like you said, Kings of the Cup, we have to keep, you have to retain that because so far in the last few years, we just have not been working towards that. And, and like I've been saying with a lot of things of, around the fire, something's got to flip. DJ, do you have any thoughts on this? Perfect honesty. I feel like the fire probably just, they have to win this and they have to win the cup this year. This the year. More, yeah, this year. If the fire, the fire can sneak into the playoffs, they're not going anywhere. They could miss the playoffs. If they can't win the cup this year, then at that point, you're kind of just saying, there's no more hope for like Heights and Peltzer and Ezra. It's just like, this is the one thing the fire should 100% be focused on is the cup. Like you, you gotta, you gotta win it or you at least gotta make a run to the semis or the final. Like that's the bare minimum which you're expecting. And it's like, if you can't do that, then yeah, no. And all hope is lost. Basically. We want the cup. We want the cup. Do we even have any hope left? I think we ran out. You know, that's the funny thing about sports is that there's always next season and that's kind of the scary part. It just keeps coming. That's the the motto of Chicago sports right now. There's always next year. And that's scary. Unfortunately. And then when next season comes and then it starts off and it's like, oh boy, here we go again. Despite being the same thing over and over, it just that's, keeps happening. <laughs> that's that's like me and most White Sox fans right now. The se- MLB season's barely started and we're like, oh boy, here we go again. <laughs> but well, I mean, it, I mean, it, if, if we're talking more about like specific fire stuff, like I just want to say like I, I've, it's something that I say on uh, Sad Boys a lot. And I mention a lot as like my own area of expertise as a sports journalist is just like narrative. This league is built on narrative. And the thing about the fire is that they have their own narrative separate from the rest of the league that we always follow. And I swear we are going to have an amazing run sometime in August and people are going to think we're going to make it into the playoffs and we will not because that's how it is every single year. That's the script. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> How they write the script over in the MLS office? They've 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 uh, they've stopped trying to write a script for the fire. They just sort of send in the same one every year. <laughs> it's just co- copy paste. They're 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 busy with the other teams. Yeah, <laughs> they can't handle. They can't deal with the fire. They're busy with the other team's scripts. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move in to the game that happened on Saturday. And before we get into the obvious, let's start off with the positives and that is the first half the fire are so far a very much first half team once again just like in previous games this was a first half where the fire have very much dominated the ball in possession and just overall control of the game it was really fun to watch you know we were bumping um and anytime that the union have tried to go forward or try to create some chances. You know, we've had that very successful 
a duo of center backs that is oh, captain, oh, my captain Rafael Chijos and Carlos Teran that have been doing very well uh, this season. You know, Carlos Teran was putting in, honestly, a man-of-the-match performance in terms of defense. And, you know, we created the chances and exploiting the union's defense to go uh, 1-0 up in the first half and then start off the second half going that 2-0. And then, oops, they did it again. Um, there were some, you know, interesting substitutions made um, by Ezra. I think one of the main ones being Guti and Kai Kamara being subbed off for Shakiri finally making his appearance back after injury and our young Greek, Kutsias, And that combined with the unfortunate injury of Carlos Teran, just once again, I, I think I've said this to Jiggly, that if if I were to, you know, in a few short words, describe it, it first half fire, second half ashes. Well, the funny thing is, is that the, the substitutions didn't happen until after both goals happened. It was 62nd minute, 64th minute. And they were actually talking about like Kutsias and uh, Shakiri getting up off the bench as uh, as Philly had come down. I think the bigger thing is, you know, I'm going to say this. Uh, his mom follows me on Twitter. She seems like a very, very nice lady. And, uh, you know, she, she understands when there needs to be criticism. And I'm sorry, Kendall Burks is just not a professional player right now. I still don't think, I think that he's better than he was when I was originally just blasting him when we had drafted him and when he had been playing with Fire 2, but he'd actually gotten better after he came back from his injury last season, but we should not have him out on the on the pitch. The problem is, the other person that we could put on the pitch is Wyatt Omsberg, who I love. We all love him here, right? I <laughs> super love him. We love Wyatt. He is not, he does not look the same since his injury. He did not, he has not looked good with Fire 2. Uh, his only appearance so far with the first team is a yellow card. It ain't looking good. <laughs> so that's a problem that we have to put out Kendall Burks for Tehran. And that Kendall Burks is apparently our first choice off the bench at center back. Yeah. And it's a shame because he's had some, he had good moments in that game. He's had some good saves. While on the flip side, just the, the, the coin was completely flipped on the other side for that second half where it was the union the one that was constantly creating problems for us and just couldn't, we could not get anywhere in that second half. And there were many moments where the union were essentially one-on-one -on -one or like, like running towards one-on-one -on -one where I was honestly ducking behind the 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 concrete barrier in front of me in the front row just like oh no oh no was, uh. i mean the big thing is it's it's like I, I know i mentioned a center back but it's the fullbacks it has always yes. been the fullbacks this entire yes. season and you know who got the assist for uh marin's goal say it out loud miguel navarro noah's favorite person I look, the thing is, is that like we know that Miggy and uh Arno Soke both have both like give something going forward, but all that we've seen from them going back is terrible. So that means we have to put out three center backs. What did I just say about our lack of center backs? I feel like the problem with Miggy is he has those flashes, even defensively, he has moments where it's like 
you can tell he can play. And then the rest of the game is just like, oh my God. Full honesty, we haven't had a good left back since Gonzalo Cigares. We had Vincent no. for one year. Jovan Jones. Like, well, he he only played for one year though, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And then there's Brandon Vincent. I thought I thought I thought he was fine. I, I think Vincent's Vincent's problem was just injuries. But still, like Yeah, that was injuries. Like even compared to them though, in fairness, it's Cigares. Like Cigares is the best love back in them in fire history. Come at me, bro. When was the last time we had a good right back? That's the bigger question. Matt Bolster. He's not a right back. He was a holding midfielder. He was only forced to play right back. Same with Drew Connor. They both did serviceable jobs at right back, but they were not right backs. They never were. Yeah, but just kind of sad because prior to that, the only right back I can think of that was actually decent is uh, Jaleel. Well, like there was Lovell, but... No, Jaleel Ayababa, I believe, was more of a left back. I think uh, so. With the fire, he was a right back. With the fire, like 2012, 13, he was forced out wide because of Barry and uh, Friedrich to Samari. Because, I mean, I was going to say, like, the last good natural right back that the fire have ever had is Evan Whitfield. Like, dear God, how far back do you have to go for that? <laughs> like, that's, the, that, that's, that's like, like, how, how, how are we here? <laughs> like, the, maybe Dean can grow into that role and being like really good right back in the league. He has impressed, but it's like, he's not being allowed to play. Yeah. Like, you, you can't expect him to be one of the best in the league if you're playing Suke over him, which, in fairness, Suke has gotten better, which is part of where it's like, Maybe you keep letting him grow, but if the game, like on that same note, you need somebody good. If you want to play Suke, okay, but start Dean over Navarro. We're talking about Arno Suke growing and getting better. That man's 31 years old. Well, yeah, but it's still <laughs> it's still like, MLS. Like it's. I, 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 I understand that there's like this idea that like, yeah, you can still keep growing. You, no matter how old you are, you can still get better. But like, why are we trying to grow a 31-year-old when we got a 25-year-old guy who does his job better? <laughs> that is a fair question. <laughs> but it's like, I, in all honesty, this entire conversation would just be, I feel like we're going to be having the same conversation in a couple of years again. When Suke retires, leaves, and it's like, well, for some reason we traded Dean away, so now where are we doing? And you know we didn't keep uh, we didn't keep Dre, which yeah. that annoys me. Well, we oh we do have Justin Reynolds. Yeah, the, his brother who gets red cards constantly. Yeah, <laughs> his brother who's I talked to, like he he knows playing. it he knows it. <laughs> This brings up another thing. MLS's roster page is so beyond screwed up that they don't even know what Justin Reynolds is or Sergio Orahel is. I don't think anyone knows. That's the problem because I think naturally Justin Reynolds is supposed to be a left. It's supposed to be a right back. Oh but no, he I don't. Plays even, on the left. I don't even mean positionally. I mean they don't know what his contract is. Oh. Like, literally, he's listed, but he's not even listed as technically a player. Trying to make, trying to understand salary cap is even harder when they don't tell you what the positions they are. They keep changing, they keep changing language. I mean, I used to, yeah. I used to try to figure out, try to decipher what it is until I finally realized they don't want anyone to know what it is. They don't want anyone to know. 
gotta gotta love MLS. Hey man, I said that. I mean, like I, that was definitely like that. That entire game was uh, Miguel Navarro. Yeah, like those yeah. two. The, both of those goals were Miguel Navarro, and I could point it out. I mean, obviously, you know, the penalty that's like viscerally on him. That is him just going out of position, put, putting on a body check. I mean, I thought that. Uh, who was the guy? Uh, was it Casas? Uh, where is it? I got to pull it up right here. That was. Oh, it was Casas. Okay. Oh, neat. Yeah, laying off like it, laying down like an open ice hit. I mean, we had Miggy do that, trying to hit him into another guy. The ball had already gotten away from him. What are you doing? That's stupid. And yeah, it's in the box, obviously. And then that next goal, he's not. He's not watching his man. I mean, Shehos has his nope. guy perfectly covered. And he's pinching in towards to double team the guy. Meanwhile, he's got an open man on the back post. Always watch the back post. That is where almost all crosses make their way to. That has been my biggest complaint. And I've, I've mentioned it to you and I've mentioned it to every single one of my friends who has ever come with me to a Chicago Fire game. They're like, what's your greatest fear? And I just point to the left towards <laughs> Miguel Navarro. And they, even my friends that are like, are very not, interested in soccer they don't know much they can tell this is someone that does not watch his man he does not watch his area he's sometimes very hesitant to make you know to go and do something he'll watch and then bad things happen and then in complete opposite end of the spectrum when he does go to challenge for the ball it doesn't end up really working as proven against well, I mean, the union so Kay does the same exact thing that's the thing. That's like we have two Miguel Navarros out there. Ugh. <laughs> Side of it. The yeah. mental image. <laughs> I feel like that also brings the question is like clearly they're a little better offensively white. Imagine if you put them both as right mids and just started like Dean at right back. That would probably go up. The problem is, is that they'll probably start Dean at right mid instead of at right back. They'll yeah. start Dean at right mid and puts okay in the back. That's what I mean. Like they are. This was something that was with like Sekulich as well. They're a good wing back, but they're not a good fullback. And the thing is, we're putting them at fullback and we're like, why aren't they defending? Well, they're not fullbacks, they're wingbacks. And the problem is that I don't think they add enough going forward to make up for what they lack going back. Yeah. I mean, that's what we have Halasalase and Mueller for in terms of going forward. And I was going to say that if we go for a wingback formation with three three defenders, and then those two as wingbacks. I mean, why bother? Because we got Marin and Mueller. Like, you'd be taking away their, their jobs when they're doing so well. They took our jobs. Sorry. He <laughs> <laughs> says about the American and Venezuelan. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just the first thing that came to mind. You know, I just, also, we just need some, a bit of light humor to, in these in these dark and trying times, I guess, in terms um, of this team. What is it? Uh, this will have to be funny or else it'll just be sad. I know there was like a more specific one that I put in from like Barbara Seville and the Collier article, but like that's the, mm -hmm. the one the one quote from Julian Baker is the one that I always use. Low-key, just I thought you were going to say the quote, but then I was like, wait a minute, he already did. Uh, I just did. <laughs> On that topic, though, uh, Jiggly, we do need to get you to interview Elliot Collier. That is I, true. I just, like, okay, have I ever told the story about, well, I'd said it on Sad Boys once, but have have you guys heard my story about me trying to meet Elliot Collier and when I met Wyatt Amsberg? Nope. <laughs> Please do tell. 
So it was a couple years ago. I actually also met Chris Brady at that event as well. It was uh, like, I think it was the 24th anniversary party where it's like, ah, it's not an important one. So it's just like, yeah, just come over, come by to uh, to to the uh, fire pitch. And there was a Saba concert afterwards. So like, that's fun. That's neat. I was looking around for Elliot Collier so I could say, I'm sorry. And I appreciate what you do. <laughs> I want, I just, all I want to say is I appreciate what you do. Because you know what? The thing that he did was do really stupid things. And I don't think any player appreciates having you say, like, I really love how terrible you are. <laughs> it's like, I appreciate what you do. Uh, so I was looking for him and I could have sworn I saw him, but I was like, I was too nervous to go up to him the first time. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do it yet. I'll get to it eventually. And I go up to, I, I finally go up to someone thinking it was Elliot Collier. It was White Omsberg. Mm. And he's like, Oh no, yeah, like even the coaches get mixed up sometimes. <laughs> it's just like the two tall dudes. Uh so you know, I, I spent some time talking to him and I was basically just like, hey, uh just help me find Elliot. If like if you see Elliot, just send him over. I just wanted to say hi to him and, and thank him for what he does. And could not find him. He was already gone. He already was going to the Saba concert. So get on the bus to head over to uh to Metro, which is where the Saba concert was. And he wasn't there. And I know uh, there's a few like, you know, fire fans that actually were able to get up into the VIP area because like, well, it's the, it's a fire concert. So like there's fire VIP. If you know a guy in there, you can get up. But uh, the only fire player that I knew was there is because I was out on the floor. I look up and I just see Elliot Collier. <laughs> <laughs> The old, like I, I saw like like uh, a couple of like the low level assistant coaches I, like Yarko was there as well and as I said like Ooh. a couple of like old old time fire fans who were like actually friends with some of the some of those old players and I look up and I take a picture like just to mention to like Adna I was like he's mocking me and then I take the picture. And Collier notices that I'm taking the picture and he gives like, he gives a peace sign. And I'm just like, he is absolutely <laughs> mocking me. He is absolutely <laughs> mocking me. I'm trying to, I tried to find this man the entire night. Could not. He's mocking me. That's, that's just incredible. That man is a trickster god. And <laughs> I love him for that. Do you want to go on to the other thing that I see on here? Um, this has been a long conversation and, it's, it has to deal with how the fire are trying to basically get people to the games, and one is essentially giving out free tickets. They had a thing where you lit they literally had a link where it was like, "Want free tickets for the next two games? Click here." Um, by the I even was like, "Okay." And I, by the time I went on there, there weren't there wasn't too many good seats left, and I was like, "Okay, it's, it's not really worth it." And this has caused a lot of frustration especially for um, season ticket holders. And like you mentioned with um, MLS, you know, and the whole season pass, they're trying to do it for casual fans. It's kind of a little bit of a, the same thing here with the fire, them trying to get like a cat, like maybe someone that's never been to a game or that's someone that's really, you know, they don't really have that much interest over, you know, the people that are paying a decent amount of money to go to as much as... Consistently. Or, or, or consistently. That's, yeah, consistently giving a lot of, a, a decent amount of money 
to go to all the games or majority of the games and, and whatnot. And I I know you had a lengthy post about it on Twitter, Jiggly, about this whole, you know, free tickets and deals situation. Well, we're working on an article right now because uh, a couple of the other writers have actually done some pretty good research on it. Uh, I mean, I'll be... I'll be doing most of the like actual writing of that article, but uh, some others did research for it. And it's not like those tickets were like any good. Uh, I did talk to some people about like how those tickets even happened. And apparently, like there's a large bulk of those free free tickets that were actually supposed to be for like CPS. Uh, you were supposed to have a CPS email. And there are some schools and some teachers or administrators or whatever that were just like, yeah, I'll just give these tickets out. And that's a problem. Last year, uh, back when Ishwara was still president, where, you know, she was like, we want us to be competitive with the rest of the league with our ticket sales. And it's like, okay, cool. So you raise the prices. So that means less people want to pay more money to watch a worse team. And at the same time, you're giving away free tickets so that there are some season ticket holders who are just like, I want to cancel at this point so I could just get free tickets every week. Because you can. There, there's, there's a, there's now like, there are now loopholes starting up where you can just get a free ticket every week, and that, that's how it works. Yeah. Uh, and there's such a lack of like, in, like initiatives for like season ticket holders. There used to be like, you know, the season ticket holder gift every year, uh, where like it was like a, like we still use our cooler from like 2008, and then you've got like, you know, the season ticket holder gift this past season, which was. I think it was a medallion, maybe. Oh, I'm looking at like, it behind me. It was like this little pretty box, and it had like a coin on one side as the logo, on the other side as like the trophies, and like this little like commemorative like ticket slash banner thingy in like a glass stupid. case. It there's not much value in it's that. Stupid, honestly. It's I remember I remember yeah. thinking that thinking the one time that they sent like just a letter with like all of the team signed it. And like saying that that was the season ticket holder gift, I thought that that was lame. Dear God, just sending a a a, a medallion is nothing. That is nothing. No, yeah. And, and there's also like basically no perks. They're not paying for your parking. You don't no. get a discount for parking. And you look at uh, the tickets for uh, the Open Cup game. I mean, the parking is almost the price of the ticket. Yeah, no. I mean, and 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 parking obviously. Uh, once again, this was a part of the conversation about like the free tickets, but like you know, there's not much that they can do when the parks are de- are are the one are the ones who set what parking is. You cannot deal with it. But at the same time, hey, maybe the club can like subsidize the parking for season ticket holders or something like that. It is so stupid that we have to keep pointing to other people as the problem. Yes. The city and the parks district are annoying. We already knew that back in 2005, you know? Like, there's no changing that. So it's, why are we blaming them again and saying, well, we have to pass it? it it's like the, have you ever heard of it? That uh, there's something in every single uh, cable package when you pay for cable. Uh, there's a specific line in there that's that's like, oh, you know, this is a, a specific fee that, you know, we have to pay in order to use like public access networks and put them onto cable. Uh, mm-hmm. We have to pay it. Uh, so we're passing on the cost to the consumer. It's like, no, you're the big cable company. You can pay it. 
<laughs> you don't yeah. have to make the consumer pay for it just that just because you want higher and higher profits. You can have stable profits and be fine paying that little bit extra because it's like, well, we want to make sure that our customers are well taken care of. We want to make sure that our supporters are taken care of, our season ticket holders, our consistent hardcore fans are taken care of because those are the people that are going to do your word of mouth uh, marketing. You can drive by a Chicago Wolves banner like every single day to and from work. Uh, there, there's a Chicago Wolves billboard. You're not going to go to a game, but maybe you got a friend who's like, hey, you want to come to a, to a Chicago Wolves game? And you're like, yeah, sure, why not? And you enjoy it and suddenly, and you know, eventually you might be a season ticket holder. Mm -hmm. That's how marketing works for sports. That is the people that market for you. It is not, you know, something on a bus. It is not the, uh, it's not like the, the, the ads on TV. It is the people who say, hey, this is a fun thing. That is exactly how I became a fan, how I became going to games. And that is how I got majority of my friends to go to games as well. And them becoming fans of not just the fire, but just the soccer in general by being like, hey, you're not doing anything this Saturday. Let's go to a fire game and let's have fun. And like constantly, whenever there's a fire game, they're like, hey, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm always telling my friends, hey, anyone up for a fire game? And they're like, hell yeah. And it is frustrating. Like you were saying with the loopholes, one of the reasons I was, this, one of the reasons I didn't renew my season tickets, not just because of the fact that, you know, I'm since I'm going to Italy, um, in the summer, I have to, you know, I have to pay for that, and I have to. I'm not going to be here for a decent amount. But also, I found out that there's season that there's uh, there's tickets for students that are cheaper than oh yeah the usual that's a ones. recent thing. I mean, the thing is, like tickets for students, that's a good thing. That's of always course. a good thing. Yes. I love that. But at the same time, it's not something that is like, you know, you're not helping your core your core group. I mean, think of a uh, like, what is it? Uh, there was somebody saying like, hey, if we can't get people out right now, then what we do is we ship in a bunch of kids to go see those games and maybe they'll get hooked and maybe eventually we'll have like better supporter stuff. And the thing is, is that we've seen this already. And we have seen uh, like, how many kids do you know? How many people do you know? Because we, we this has already happened. How many people do you know right now that started watching the fire because they went with an AYSO group? Because, I mean, the answer is not that, like, it's not that much. Uh, DJ, how did you become a fan? How I became a fan was because of geography. The entire reason why I like soccer is because uh, I read a little pamphlet about South Africa back in the World Cup, and I said, ooh, that sounds like a way to learn about countries. I'm talking about the fire specifically, though. Yeah, that's, that's exactly how I got to the fire. <laughs> just like, oh, cool, soccer. Oh, cool, Robin Van Persie. Oh, cool, Arsenal. Oh, wait, Chicago? Oh, I didn't know Chicago had a team. What the heck? What, is it just because, like, Chicago was the first team you found? <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I love... That's incredible. I love that we didn't know... This should have been the obvious sign that I was autistic, but we didn't know still. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, me, me still being around the fire, I guess. Uh, but uh, like it, it's that whole thing that we've heard constantly of like, oh yeah, you know, I went to a like, how many times have you heard? Okay, you know, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna ask the question again because it's like I know so many kids that I knew in high school that were like, oh yeah, I've been to a fire game with like my AYS AYSO team or like my travel team, and they don't care about the fire. They're talking about Arsenal. They're talking about Borussia Dortmund. Like they don't care about the fire. 
They just care about soccer. And if the team's not good enough, they're not going to care. If there's nobody who's like there to make like, hey, this is a cool thing to do, then they're not going to stick around. So why are you like insisting like the children are our future? Well, the children don't care because you don't haven't made anything good for them right now. You can't just ship in a bunch of kids and say, eventually, maybe you can fix this. No one wants to fix it. <laughs> fix it now and make it ready for them to come in and say, wow, I do want to be that someday. Amen. I said all that. Just round of applause, honestly. Very, very good words. I don't want to like cut off this conversation, you know, because, you know, it's very good, but we are, we're, I don't want to say we're running low on time, but, you know, we've talked a bit, a lot about this and I kind of wanted to move on to, um, your rant now. <laughs> my, uh, I want to keep this short. Listeners of, of the podcast know that I love to go on my rants, but I do want to keep it a bit short. Basically, uh, if you're in the stadium, and you didn't know what was happening, and if you were watching on TV and didn't see what happening, there was a bit of a kerfuffle, a bit of the word that's been you know used the most infighting in the supporter section. And honestly, that is what kind of ruined the game slash the mood for me the most, even more than the result. Basically, what happened there between the two groups um, in section 124 or no 123 where there's a lot more majority of the more of the english speaking or like the english or predominant american groups, style american style of support and to the right facing the field 122 that's where your sector latino that's where that's been going on and there's basically there was throughout the whole game there was a little frustration brewing whether about um you know trying to get their chance in complaining that the groups are going too long and that no one's really being engaged or that the timing isn't there and and unfortunately it reached a boiling point and there was there was a yelling match going across the aisle um Monterey security made it worse in my opinion yes absolutely pushing people back and it, unfortunately some fans were riled up to the point that they were taken away in cuffs and just for me personally ruined the mood of the game at the end and i at that point just sat down and i was like i am tired and I understand from both points that frustration, you know, especially when it comes to like the whole, you know, keeping time and keeping a steady B in Tempe. It's like as a musician, I get that, you know, like if I'm in a rehearsal and, you know, there's someone that's not keeping the steady B, I'm going to get frustrated, but I'm not going to all of a sudden just stand up and just like go yell at them or something like that. Because first of all, we're adults. You know, we're at an age where we have to understand that, you know, yelling and threatening and just, you know, screaming just it, it doesn't help. And the way it ended on Saturday, just for me, unacceptable, personally. Like, if there's frustration, you know, you we talk about it afterwards. 
you know, you know, it's it was near the end of the game already. Like, and of course, a lot of people have had a lot to drink, you know, throughout the game. So it's just could we we could have gone home, you know, we could have slept on it and we could have, you know, you know, message talked afterwards being like, hey, can we sort this out? And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just disappointed and and frustrated that that happened because I don't, you know, as in my time in the supporter section, you know, it hasn't been too long, but I've never witnessed like that kind of infighting, you know, in our group or even across other groups that I've watched. So it, it was, it's, it's disappointing. Just to say the least. So I have seen that kind of fighting before. And I mean, this is a consequence of just having been around for this long. Yeah. Uh, I'm aware of longer than I have. I'm aware of even worse fighting that happened before I was aware of it. Uh, But it's people need everyone involved in this club need to grow up from, from the guys in the stand to the guys on the pitch, to the guys up in the office. You know, yep. everyone needs to grow up. Everyone needs to figure out what they're doing and realize, you know, what position they're in and how all any of us want to do is make this team better and you're it's just actively making things worse. Yep. And, yeah. I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I had I had the longer rant on Twitter about it. Like, I won't rehash that here. I, I saw it, and I I personally just wanted to put my my you know my two cents on it. And I did mention it in the group before after the game that I'm going to be a bit I don't want to emotional. I think I said, but like emotional in the sense of disappointing. You know, I'm the teacher that walks in the next day, sits on the desk, and be like, I'm very disappointed, you guys. That that's currently me. And I'm not gonna lie, this last weekend after the game, like the Sunday and even and the Monday afterwards, that I low-key wasn't interested in doing the podcast in this week because of it. I was like, is this the point where I need to take a break? I'll be honest. I mean, like you saw in that rant, like me saying I had the flash moment of just like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go off and just do anime stuff now. Like, I yeah. can't deal with this anymore. And, yeah. I mean, I'm not doing Sad Boys this week either, but, I mean, that's, like, combined with other issues with scheduling. Yeah, yeah. I've, I was also supposed to originally record another thing. Um, hopefully that will be done next week, so stay tuned for that. But, yeah, no, this kind of thing, and it's the same thing for me as an educator, you know, because I'm a music educator in training, and I have like I do practicum with first graders and the same thing. Whenever they're, you know, misbehaving and doing bad and you know, I'm trying my best and it's just the the you know, moments come up as like I need a break from this. But, you know, after a few days and a bit of sleep on it, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to get back up, you know, and just continue doing what I love to do. And part of that is recording this podcast with you lovely people. So I'm I'm glad to be here. I'm glad that you guys are providing plenty of conversational uh topic for our for our uh fire faithful and lovelies listening. So thank you guys and thank 
you, the listener, uh, listening along. You know, I have I have two things to just add right before we go on. Uh, first mm-hmm. of all, uh, the house just lost in the in the amateur cup. <laughs> oh, uh, to oh uh, United Serbian, uh, they lost two one. Uh, but uh, I, I do want to add that like there are things being done. I mean, I'm a part of the group of people trying to get things done and trying to fix things. Uh, and you know, I, I don't want to make it be like, oh yeah, you're either with us or against us. But at the same time, it's like, hey, we all want the same end product. Why can't we all pull in the same direction towards that end goal? Mm-hmm. So that's that's basically what I'm, you know. I, I know that this honestly, this podcast is a bigger reach than Sad Boys for some reason. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this the the some reason is that uh are is that uh, sad boys is so much longer than this so i shouldn't keep us going <laughs> no yeah but i mean i mean hey it's it's all right if we go a bit you know over our usual hour limit or limit you know our usual hour because we usually want to try to keep things a bit more concise you know do like a bit of team week what happened in the last game what's what's to look ahead but i feel like this is a conversation that just needs to be addressed you know we can't just sweep it under the rug and say oh it's going to be addressed it is actively being addressed yes it is being addressed and i also just wanted to address it here so dj do you have anything to say about this I think hamburgers go well with french fries. I love you, DJ. <laughs> I well and truly do. All right, one more topic, and that is our next MLS game against Atlanta. Uh, it will be away, and it will also be the game where we wear our little, they're calling it the One Planet jersey. They released images already. So um, do you guys have any opinions on the kits, both fire and you know MLS in general, though? "Quote unquote one planet jersey." We need more third kits in the league. Yeah. Just in general, I mean, having the same kits forever. I, I saw this. I, I may be stealing this a bit from somebody else. I, I want to give them credit. Then Firewire Media, who said, "Like, yeah, the same kit for every single team." That's a bit annoying, and it's also weird whenever you watch a game. It's like, oh wait, oh no, this is this game. Got it. Okay. Obviously, it's great. The fact that they're made of, like, the material that they're made of should be the important thing. Not the design on them. The design on them should be something special to each team. The material, yeah. obviously, that's that's what they're about. Yeah, like here, like having Inter Miami and Orlando having like Everglades on them or something like that, versus here's a color palette. You get two choices. You don't even get the choice. You're just the home or the away team. Yeah, yeah. that's something I've mentioned. I was like, if because I lo- I mean, I'm 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 alright with like the lighter. What colors? Is this like a teal color? Something like that? Yeah. And that's that's the one that the fire's going to have. But I feel like it'd be nice if you had both options rather than, oh, you're the away side. You're going to get the away shirt for this year. So I guess that's my main, I guess. I don't want to say like beef, but like that's my main like, you know, hey, you know, eh. even though my goal this year is not to buy any jerseys because I'm already... You know, I've already made too many poor financial decisions in the last few years when it comes to purchasing like jerseys, like and going stuff like to that. a fire game or I'm paying to go to a fire game. <laughs> Girl, that's a topic for another thing. So yeah, Atlanta. They are in the last very in the last five games. They are two, two, and one. They won. They are two wins with five one against Portland and one nil against Red Bull. They are. Uh, one loss 
with a one to six loss against the crew. And they their last two games they drew to NYC one all and to Toronto two all. Um do you guys have any opinions slash, you know, things to watch out for both in terms of Atlanta and what we need to do in order to make sure we don't one add to the L column and two add to the we were up and then then we were not column narrative it's just going to happen i i'd also add we also need to make sure we don't lose anybody that seems to happen a lot in atlanta where it's like somebody goes down with injury or somebody does something really stupid you get suspended for a few games that's true i think they um they had a player that was out with red card suspension i can't remember who it was off the top of my head and in their last game, they did have, I think, uh, Thiago Almada out. Uh, Brad Guzan's out with injury. Do you guys have any uh, predictions for fire at Atlanta? 23 to 4. Does anyone have any serious <laughs> predictions? How are they going to... Are, are, are you saying that, like, the... Are, are you saying that the... That Atlanta's going to concede two safeties? Exactly. Two. Mm-hmm. You think the fire defense is that good? No, I think Atlanta just gets drunk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. In, in all seriousness, I will say it's probably going to be one to three in favor of Atlanta. Oh boy. I'd need more time to think about like a specific score or whatever. Because the thing is, like, the fire have something, but they don't. And that's a real problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the, and as you said, like Tiago Tiago uh, Almada is questionable. And that's the big thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember going into the season, I said that Atlanta was going to fall apart. And that clearly has not been true because what? They've only lost a single game this season. I mean, the Fire have only lost a single game this season. But Atlanta has many more wins and many more goals. So, and also a whole lot higher XG, I'll tell you that. And, uh, their 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 Greek guy is going to beat our Greek guy fairly easily. I said this before, and I'll say it again: the Fire should have gotten, uh, should have should have at least tried to get uh, to get uh, Kyogo Furuhashi from Celtic. And there were some other people saying that, like, yeah, because Celtic was trying to get rid of uh, Giacomakis, uh, the Fire should have gone for him. They didn't. Atlanta got him, and now he's got four goals already. Only uh, only six appearances, four starts. It's frustrating in terms of looking at the Fire's transfer record and you know who they go after and whatnot. So, and in terms of transfers, you know we're st- still looking for that third DP. And no, we're not. We are waiting. We are just waiting now. <laughs> in terms of looking, I think us, the fans, and uh, what they're doing, you know, ugh. they don't know what they're doing. No, yeah. Personally, I think in terms of what's going to happen, I think I'm going to have to say it's also going to be a fire L. Um, Probably, I think, maybe a 2-1. I'm not going to go too completely one-sided. But, you know, I had a bit of hope after the Minnesota game. And you know the fact that we were fairly close against the one that one loss we did have against the Union, but there's clearly just a lot that still needs to be worked out. And this could also just be me still feeling a bit down after what happened on Saturday. 
So, uh, are we ready to move on to, I'm pretty sure this is DJ's favorite part of the day, to the question of the day. <laughs> I'm still working on it, honestly. I'm, I, I, I'm actually doing research. All right. Well, I mean, <laughs> we can go ahead of you. Uh, DJ, please read out what is the question of the day. <clears throat> question of the day. You're transported into your favorite anime alongside three chosen Chicago Fire players, past and or present. Who are you bringing and why? Follow up, would they beat Goku and Saitama in a fight? That's that's a very, very interesting question, honestly. <laughs> the thing is, is that you said favorite anime. Let me just tell you, my favorite anime is like completely based in the real world. I'm, I'm going to look through... Uh, Alan, do you have a my anime list? I could just send you mine and you can look at this. I have a I have a Crunchyroll list. Oh, okay. So I have a mal I have a mal account and my first one real uh based in the real world. Second one is like a is a Porco Rosso, which is like I mean that's aviation whatever. Then it's Makimonogat, yeah. then it's the Monogatari series. I'm just going to call it the entire Monogatari series. That that is based in the real world. Saikano based in the real world. Like Horus Requel. There's a bit of something there. But that is still mostly based in the real world. Finally, I get to Princess Connect. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and that is that is an Isekai world, yeah. But like, I don't know if I'd call anything that. So I'm just gonna say, like, instead of favorite anime, just you are in a generic Isekai world. Who are you bringing with and how are they going to help you? Let's go with that. For you, we will. <laughs> oh, do you have an answer, Jiggly, or do you want? You want no, us I'm still working on oh I was just days. like, I was just like, because you sounded confused, and I'm just like, you know what? Let's simplify this so that it's not like favorite anime. It's like just generic Isekai. Let's go. This would be a great time to mention that I don't watch anime. It, think of have <laughs> you, you make the question D&D? just for us? <laughs> but like, have you ever played D and D? Because it's basically that. Like, generic Isekai world is basically just D and D. No, full, full honesty, my I've only ever watched like three or four animes. They've been a Pokemon, a Spy X Family, and One Punch Man and Death Note. So obviously One Punch Man is going to be the winner for me. <laughs> well, I mean, just like any sort of like fantasy world, like honestly, it's it's mostly just clones of like the Tolkien world. So like you might know mm-hmm. that. You probably know that. Just like who would you bring there? Hmm. Who would you bring to be high on shrooms while t- talking to a white wizard? <sighs> Definitely Sebastian Grazzini. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> this is truly incredible. You said three. You got to <laughs> uh, No, uh, I'm sick. I'm sick of the One Punch Man. I'm just going to say I will bring Brant, Bronico, uh, probably, probably uh, Sean Johnson, and Matt Polster. Okay. For, for no reason other than Polster loves Fortnite. Uh, Johnson would be like the strongest one there, and Bronico would be so nice that he would get along perfectly with Saitama. We would be safe for the rest of the year. <laughs> I like that. I'm gonna. So, my favorite anime is Darling in the Franks, which isn't like a dis. Oh God! What do you say? Oh God! I mean the ending. Like I, I, they, I, I know, I know. We can talk about this. We can talk about this <laughs> Some separately other time. <laughs> another time, so we don't have to annoy the fire faithful that is like, what is, what is going on? <laughs> they, all I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say, um, I'm gonna bring Wyatt because he's gonna be like the my best friend, 
and and then we're gonna have like all the best conversations in the series heart to hearts. I'm gonna bring Francisco Calvo because he's gonna be the one that's recklessly getting into the battles and most likely probably one of the ones that is going to not make it just for the lols. And then third, I ah the third I'm having so much difficulty choosing, but I low key I'm just gonna go with Bobby Shuttleworth because he's like like probably in recently if you know past fire players that's like my favorite and i feel like we would be like the just the i feel like me, the us three of wyatt and bobby would be like that 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 trio that no one can stop so because i said generic isekai world the most generic isekai world is obviously konosuba absolutely not because it's it's generic but because like it's built to be the most generic place and so it's like so who's going to fill each role in that group i mean obviously you are kazuma that's just what it is so you are the, you are the protagonist guy so yes. you need to fill out the other three so you need a defender you need an attacker and you need uh, your magician and so my defender is obviously Sean Johnson the milkman mm-hmm. yeah. you got him uh the attacker you guys might not know this. Robbie Earnshaw's mom is like an ama- was like a boxer. Like I-, I remember this was an episode of Sad Boys where we just randomly found out, like, oh yeah, Robbie Earnshaw has like a very interesting family. I want to take Robbie Earnshaw and he will be my attacker. It's a very uh it's a very bold move, but I want to see how that pays off. And then my magician, uh when you think about magician, like you would think in terms of like sport, in terms of like the skill and everything, it's like, no, you need personality. Like mm-hmm. Megamine is like personality. And the biggest Megamine personality that I could come up with on my list is Quincy Americlaw. <laughs> oh, God. Mm. He is my magician. <laughs> he will do the explosions. <laughs> he will enjoy every second of this. He will have <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> Which I just realized. I think what didn't all three of them play at the same time for the fire? Uh, yes, they both at the same time. They Uh, all played in 2014. I also had other people on my list, like David Arshakin. You bring him; he is your giant. He he is (laughs) he he wouldn't be your attacker. He's your defender. He's he's your intimidation guy. Uh, I I got Bornstein as like a good leader. Obviously, Bronico, CJ. I got Jorge Campos in this list too. I, I was putting together a short list. Uh, I, I just thought like he could also do the magician stuff as well. Like he he's he's that flamboyant guy, but I think like Quincy just has so much. He's got so much going on. Uh, I also got Drew because I love the guy, but I mean we're 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 fighting for roles here. Uh, okay. Klopas, uh, Lubos Kubik would have been a great defender as well. Uh, Mike McGee, also magician. Uh, Wyatt, honestly, I think he could be the attacker. I think he could fight. Uh, oh man, I forgot. Actually, I might want to switch out Robbie Earnshaw for Carlos Duran. Because <laughs> that man could, could beat up anybody. Like, I, he, is, he is the most intimidating player that I think the Fire have ever had. <laughs> and to follow up on the second part of the, of the question of whether they would beat Goku or Saitama, I'm just going to say, in my case, um, Francisco Calvo is just going to get Yamchud. He's he's just gonna be in the crater. My mom could beat Goku. It's, it's very cool I, I here. Will, yeah. <laughs> my group my group beats Goku easily because we befriend Saitama and he fights for us. And Saitama will always beat Goku. 
Interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna say uh, honestly uh, because uh, because my idea is that it's we go to a fantasy world and uh, we get isekai'd and Quincy is our explosions person. Yeah, Quincy's <laughs> just gonna explosions. Explosion. Nice. Well, I'm. This has been an incredibly. <laughs> Just incredible episode all around. A lot of detail, a lot of conversation, a lot of weeb stuff, and especially at the end that I hope our fire enough, faithful can... Well, I feel like it's enough in terms of the context of what we're supposed to be doing on this podcast. There's never enough for Jiggly. Not enough weeb. No. There's not enough weeb for Jiggly ever. Well, <laughs> if, if you want more of Jiggly and his weeb stuff, then... You know, let us let us know and let us know in the comments and the and the replies. Well, we, we we actually want to. I mean, I want to say this out. We've said this on Twitter a couple of times, and I've also talked about this with uh, with uh, Alex that I really want us to do a uh, a fire film uh, film club, a, mm-hmm. a man in red fire uh, film club, where it's me with my knowledge of you know, film and everything and that, and then your knowledge of theater. So we're both like fairly well-trained in like how this sort of thing is supposed to work. And then we just like watch something and we come back and we do a podcast episode. So watch. If you guys want that, please say it. I mean, I'd be no, down. No, no, no. Some, something sports related. No, of course. Like, <laughs> we, just watch, we just watch something. We have to watch something sports related. So like we watch, victory. you know. Oh, Escape yeah, to victory. For, uh, yeah. Escape for victory. Escape to victory is amazing i also had a couple other ones that like i'd want to just like surprise you with as just like we're watching this today <laughs> like sports movies or like does sports have movies yeah sports or tv shows yeah we should start off with soccer he's going to show you airbud we're oh god airbud airbud Air uh world pup oh god <laughs> that that was the reason why like i wanted to be a goalkeeper because of yeah. brianna story <laughs> and airbud and zach thornton <laughs> All right. Well, this isn't me telling you guys that we should probably end this, but we should probably end this. Uh, Jiggly, where where can the fire faithful that don't really follow you? Where can they where can they follow you social media wise? I'm only on Twitter. Uh, Jiggly underscore three three three. Be prepared for a bunch of just like random stuff about anime most of the time, and then like throughout the week you might hear about the fire, and then suddenly on Saturday it's everything, and then. A lot of Sunday too. I also do Sad Boys FC, which uh, we do change the name every week, but that is technically the official name. Uh, it's B O it's B O I S for boys. Uh, it's it uh, it's the gender neutral term for boys. And you could also read my articles. I have the one about Elliot Collier, which was really good, and I really like making it. You could find me on on blacklist.com. Like that's uh I don't have my scripts up there, but like I have stuff about them. So I don't know. Someone hire me. <laughs> Wait, no, it's a writer, it's a writer's strike. I can't. <laughs> Thank you, Jiggly. And of course, as always, make sure to give us a follow on all social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Check out the website. And, uh, you know, also subscribe to the newsletter that also goes out. And make sure you follow us also wherever you get your podcasts, as well as the Men in Red 97 site itself. And also be on the lookout. Uh, I'm pretty sure Hot Takes next episode is coming out fairly soon. So be on the lookout for that, as well as if you have your own hot takes about the current state of CF97 to submit that as well. It's on the Twitter Hopefully y'all are having a, you know, better evening than what I was having better 
and are looking forward to the next few games. So, uh, any closing remarks, DJ Jiggly? I feel very bad for Austin. <laughs> yeah, no, this is um, we Austin got yeah, that. It's this. <laughs> we apologize, Austin, but this was just yeah, it's a lot. What's sad is I wasn't even the most chaotic one here. Now, no, sir. It's what happens when you bring me in. Wah. We wow. are the chaotic trio that nobody wow. wants, that nobody asked for, but everyone's getting. Amen, I say to that. So, <laughs> on that amen, note... Amen, amen, I say to you, wah. <laughs> Thank you, Jiggly. So, hopefully, everyone's having a good day, and as always, let's go fire. I never mentioned that I I was the one who made the jingle. <laughs> <laughs> he made I the made jingle, oh, yeah. Okay, he made the jingle, bye. <laughs> Austin, love you. We wish you all the best. Let's start this thing in three, two.